Hey, all you gamblers, sports addicts, and overall degenerates. You're listening to the Angry Degenerate Podcast. Your one-stop shop for sports hot takes and primo gambling picks. And now, the voice behind the laugh heard round the world. <laughs> the Angry Degenerate. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Angry Degenerate Podcast. I am your angry degenerate, Michael Alexandre. I'm excited to be here today once more. Podcast number nine is in the building right now. At the moment, I am watching live Gold Cup semifinal, Qatar versus United States, 85th minute, 0-0. Let's see if the USA can pull it out. We shall see. It'll set up a good, very interesting, possibly Mexico-USA final. That seems to be a Gold Cup special. And actually, the United States just scored. 1-0. 1-0 against Qatar. I wish this thing would have came out live. That would have been a little bit more interesting. But this thing's going to come out Saturday. This podcast will be out here Saturday. So by the time you listen to it, hopefully, hopefully the United States has pulled a victory off against the mighty mighty Qatar, and I'm really joking about it being the mighty Qatar. Regardless, I want to talk about a few things here today. I want to talk about the Aaron Rodgers saga. Hopefully, this is the last time I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers until the football season actually begins. Secondly, I want to talk about the Deshaun Watson saga. One saga to another saga in another city. Lastly, I want to talk about the Trevor Bauer saga with the Los Angeles Dodgers, who just literally got done. The game got done a few hours ago. Giants beat them two out of three. It looks like the Dodgers will be making some moves at the deadline. And lastly, we have our dumbasses of the week. And then we have my picks of the week, which, by the way, I went two and one again last week, bringing my overall record to 16 and seven. Overall, 16 and 7. You can't fucking beat that, folks. I'm telling you, wait till the end. Listen up. Maybe you'll make some money. But on to the news. Aaron Rodgers. You've been living under a rock. This Aaron Rodgers saga has had twists and turns. But at the end of the day, we knew what the final conclusion was going to be. He was going to be back in training camp. And that's what happened. Day one of training camp, he arrived fanfare everywhere. We didn't know under what circumstances. He had a press conference day two of training camp. This was coming off of the shareholder meeting that Brian Gutekinds and Mark Murphy had, where they pretty much said that they wanted him back, which was a very stark contrast from what Mark Murphy said at another shareholders meeting, where they he pretty much said, oh, Aaron Rodgers is a complicated fella. Guess what? You don't tell a guy who wants out of your organization or who's thinking of leaving your organization, you don't want to say he's a complicated fella. You want to butter him up. Aaron Rodgers is the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is the only reason the Green Bay Packers are relevant. You certainly will not be relevant with Jordan Love at quarterback. That is a for sure thing. But in the meantime, it seems like Aaron Rodgers got kind of what he wanted. He got us kind of a little bit of a say in personnel decisions. As he comes back, guess who the Packers trade for? Immediately, they trade for Randall Cobb, who was on, I believe he was on that that Green Bay Packers team that won the Super Bowl 
way back when. Seems almost like ages ago that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers won a Super Bowl. But Randall Cobb is back, obviously because of Aaron Rodgers. And I thought it was really interesting because when all this happened, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers both shared some sort of meme saying this is the last dance. And you know what? I kind of believe that this might be the last dance for this team. I mean, Devontae Adams, free agent. Aaron Rodgers, possibly a free agent. I know that they signed Aaron Jones to an extension. They have Jordan Love waiting in the wings. It seems like they're putting all the chips in a table and saying this is our last opportunity. And realistically speaking, if you look at the landscape of the NFC, you have the Green Bay Packers, who are by far and away the best team in the NFC North. Might be the only team that's going to make it in the playoffs in that division. You have the NFC South, where Tampa Bay by far and away is going to win that division. They probably will have no competition, seeing as how now Michael Thomas is no longer going to start the season with the Saints. It seems like there's some issues with the Saints right now, actually, uh, in the locker room, but that's a conversation for another day. You look at the NFC West, where it's going to be very competitive, where you have the 49ers, you have the Los Angeles Rams, you have the Seattle Seahawks. That's a division where you could see potentially three teams make the postseason. So you got those three teams, you have the Packers, you have Tampa Bay, and then you have the winner of the NFC East, which, I mean... You might only need eight games to get there. So, what I'm trying to say here is, the NFC is slim pickings at the moment. The AFC, on the other hand, is fucking powerhouse. I mean, good luck to some borderline playoff teams trying to make the postseason there. It's going to be an interesting AFC this year. But I think it's very interesting that they share that this might be their last dance because Aaron Rodgers actually compared their general manager, Brian Gutekinds, to Jerry Krause. And you were at home in this pandemic like most of us corporate stooges. You watched that Last Dance documentary, which by far was one of the best docu-series that I've ever seen. And he compared Brian Kudigans in private conversations to Jerry Krause. I'm assuming in this whole Last Dance thing, he's the Michael Jordan, although, I mean, he hasn't won five. He's barely won one, but he has won MVPs, I mean. Regardless of the point, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play this game. But what I think is really interesting on top of that, Devontae Adams is a free agent. He came out and said, oh, I'm not taking a discount. So, and Green Bay is not known to pay their players. They kind of let them walk. And Aaron Rodgers said that in the press conference. He pointed to guys like Charles Woodson, Jordy Nelson, Julius Peppers, where the Packers did not treat them well on their way out. And in the press conference, he never said it was about the money. The Packers thought that they could have this go away by paying him more. He said, no, fuck no, that's not what I want. I just want to be have a say in things. Imagine that. You're the only reason, talking about Aaron Rodgers, that this organization, for the most part, right now in 2021 is relevant. And they're not even asking him who, they, who he wants on the offensive side of the ball. That's ludicrous. That's ridiculous. You're going to see a trend in the NFL. Kind of like how it is in the NBA. I don't know if it'll get to that standard where the superstars control the league. But you're going to see a thing where these, these top-of-the-line starting quarterbacks are going to want to be in personnel meetings. You're going to start to see that. You're going to see them control the narrative. But let's be honest here. The quarterback is the most important position in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers has been one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. So 
looking at the Packers this year, it looks like they're going to be prime for a deep postseason run. We shall see. But I'm I'm glad this entire saga was over. We knew what the ending was going to be. We knew he was going to be back in Green Bay. We knew he wasn't going to get traded. We know that he doesn't need football. But as an athlete, you have those competitive spirits. You have those competitive juices. And that's what Aaron Rodgers is. And he pretty much said so in the press conference as well. He just wants to have a little say in things. Not even have final say, of course. But like, hey, man, if I want Randall Cobb in the building, let's try to make it happen. And guess what? They did. So for all intents and purposes, this saga is over for the moment. There's still developments in terms of, you know, let's see if they buy out the rest of his years, give him a little extra money and say, go upon your way next year. And then he kind of creates that Tom Brady scenario where he goes to Tampa Bay, gets away from the team that he was with the entire time of his career, and finally gets a say in some personnel decisions. I think that's what he wants. I think he wants to control the narrative. We shall see where he goes. We shall see how the Green Bay Packers do this year. I hope this has no effect in the locker room. But knowing Aaron Rodgers and how he, you know how he's super liked by his teammates, I don't see that being an issue. Now on to a quarterback that is an issue, Deshaun Watson. Jesus Christ. He's pretty much just showing up to training camp because he doesn't want to get fined the $50,000. Understandable. $50,000 even to a multi-million dollar athlete is a shit ton of money. But he still wants out. Houston all of a sudden is now super willing to trade him, which, I mean, no shocker to no one. They are rebuilding. They're pretty much transforming their organization. And by the way, who fucking wants a guy that has 22 civil suits still pending against him? It was 23, now it's 22. Regardless of the point, if he's innocent or if they come to an agreement or whatever, it is fucking weird that he has had 23 masseuses? Regardless of the point, maybe he didn't break any crime. But the dude's got issues. He might be a fucking sex addict, for all we know. Which doesn't impact his play, obviously, because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But the guy has, obviously, some sort of personal issues. Now, his teammates, I've never heard one bad word said by his teammates. That's never been a thing that's been uttered. But 23 masseuses, man. Jesus, fuck. So he wants out. Team wants him out. Before, they used to say, they used to have press conferences say, oh, the player is off the table. The player is off the table. But after all this shit that's coming out, he's not on the commissioner's exempt list, which is a very big positive for him. But Houston is asking for a king's ransom for this player, for Deshaun Watson, for a guy who has pending lawsuits against him, for a guy who still has criminal charges potentially that could come against him, for a guy that could still be suspended by the NFL if they choose to do that. What team is going to risk three first round picks and perhaps some top tier players? I know Houston wants to rebuild the organization. I don't know if they're going to get that. But if they do get that, the teams to look at are teams like Denver. Denver, their defense is fantastic. They are one good quarterback away from being probably a very good playoff, borderline playoff team to playoff team. You're also looking at teams like perhaps the Saints, who I don't know what the fuck is going on at quarterback there. Are they going to do Taysom Hill? Or are they going to do Jameis Winston? I know Jameis Winston is looking fit as fuck compared to how he was in Tampa Bay. But the guy, the last time I saw Jameis Winston, he was throwing 30 picks a year. 
Is that something Sean Payton's going to change, especially with Michael Thomas being away now? I do not know. Carolina Panthers, they pigeonholed themselves by, you know, trading for Darnold. So they're out of the running. My leader in the clubhouse is for sure Denver. I could see Miami potentially making a move because they have a lot of draft capital that they could spend. But they still have Tua. You might have to give Tua another year before you say sayonara to him. The football team is another team that I could think of. I mean, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick on a one-year deal, kind of prove-it deal. And then they have Tyler Heineke as his backup. But I think the leader in the clubhouse by freaking far is the Denver Broncos. Now, I could potentially see the Rebel Raiders making some sort of move like that, sending Derek Carr the other way, Deshaun Watson coming their way. Maybe they know something. Because I know a team would not trade for Deshaun Watson unless they had some sort of inside information within the NFL that he's not going to be suspended. Because all these teams, they have investigation units as part of their team, which is a shocker because a lot of these fucking players always get injured or they always get in trouble. So, I mean, maybe those investigation teams, units, whatever, not doing their job. But regardless of the point, I have a problem that he's at Houston's training camp knowing that he's not going to be on the team. Why is he even there? Why is he even taking snaps from a guy like Tyrod Taylor? Why? He doesn't need to be there. Houston should just say, hey man, we're going to find a place for you. We won't find you 50k, but just stay the fuck away from our team because we know you don't want to be here and we don't want you here. But guess what? Houston doesn't operate that way. Houston is a fucking dysfunctional franchise with an owner who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. It seems like he's handed the reins to this Jesus guy. And I don't mean Jesus in a fucking negative way, because I know that there's a lot of religious fanatics out there. But, I mean, this guy, for all intents and purposes, just Jack Easterby, has no history in the NFL in terms of making personnel decisions. He lied on his resume, apparently. And now he's in Houston, kind of controlling things, kind of, puppeting everything around, and I call him the Jesus freak because he used to be a fucking minister. He used to be a reverend minister, whatever, with the Patriots, and there was some weird shit that happened there. The guy's just weird, and Houston is clearly rebuilding. I don't have Houston winning more than two or three games this year. Their schedule is incredibly hard. I don't see Deshaun Watson suiting up week one for them. It's going to be Tyrod Taylor. They need to find a, a suitor. or Maybe they come to some sort of agreement. But at the moment, he's cancer. He's toxic. How are you going to have a guy that has 23 lawsuits from women against him in your organization? What do the players' wives think about that? What do the women that work within the organization think about that? It's just a fucking terrible look. And it's a risk for any organization to take that on. Now, if this said organization that comes out and trades and sends this King Ransom for Deshaun Watson, maybe they know some information that nobody else knows, and maybe they know he's not going to be suspended, then by all means. But at the moment, it is very risky for anybody to take that on. And it's also stupid as fuck for the Houston Texans to have him inside that building knowing that he's not going to be the quarterback of the Houston Texans. Unless they're fucking, you know, confusing the fuck out of us, and they know they're going to come to some sort of agreement. But I don't see that happening. Situation is bad all around. Teams should not be going after him, in my opinion. But you know they will anyway. That's just the nature of the NFL. The talent, the cream always rises to the top. You have a guy like Deshaun Watson who's probably, when healthy, when his mind is straight, a top five quarterback in the NFL. 
So you know, and there's different rules for great players like that. There always is. There always is in this world. For people that have talent like that, there will always be a different set of rules. So I see him in another team by week one. I don't know who that team is. And like I said, I think the Denver Broncos are the leader in the clubhouse because Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater for sure are not the answers there. And let's just see how this situation develops. In terms of a developing situation, the LA Dodgers, a report out that teammates do not want Trevor Bauer back under any circumstances. Keyword, any circumstances. So that means even if he's cleared of these charges by the city of Pasadena, they do not want him back. And for those that do not know what happened to Trevor Bauer, he's been investigated by Pasadena police for felony assault on a woman that included choking her until she was unconscious and injuring her twice during two separate sexual encounters. So he put her unconscious twice, beat her like a drum. There's texts to prove it. He's currently on administrative leave from the Dodgers and Major League Baseball indefinitely. There's some controversy within the Dodgers organization. I think it was, uh, they just recently had a 1988, or was it 1981, ceremony down in LA, and I think Dave Parker didn't want to show up because of the way the Dodgers handled the scenario. Look, everybody who knows me knows I'm not anything close to a Dodger fan, but I think they're handling the scenario well. Keep the fuck away from the team. There's multiple reports coming out that the team wants nothing to do with him, so somebody's leaking that information from within. You got to thank Dave Roberts, who's known as an outstanding person in league circles, that he probably has something to do with it by not wanting him back. And the term under any circumstances, that means he was already ruffling feathers before this. And if people that don't know who Trevor Bauer is, this is a fucking guy that is always on social media creating havoc, creating controversy, always wants to be the center of attention. Not in LA, buddy. I mean, he's the most expensive pitcher or possibly player in baseball at the moment. We just literally talked about different players have a different set of rules. Well, LA's not fucking around with this. And what this tells me is that this jackass was rubbing people the wrong way already in the Dodgers locker room. And that's why they're so willing to move on from him. And let's be honest here. The Dodgers will not be hurting even after Trevor Bauer leaves. Even if he doesn't throw one more pitch. The Dodgers are deep in terms of their pitching in terms of their farm system, if they need to make a move for a starting pitcher, which, by the way, apparently they made a move for Max Scherzer, is the reports coming out, they will do it. They don't need Trevor Bauer. And, by the way, I think his deal was like on a, a one-year basis, $40 million per year or something or other. But, like I said, I do not often congratulate the Dodgers organization, but this is a great message being put forward by the Dodgers organization and the team. Stay the fuck away from the team. Like I said, I think Dave Roberts, he strikes me as a guy that doesn't allow that shit to happen, doesn't want that shit in the locker room. And just because you're a Cy Young slash most expensive pitcher in the game doesn't mean that that's going to get you away with shit. I know we just talked about that, you know, the cream always rises to the top. The fucking top of the players always play by different set of rules. But the difference between this scenario and what Deshaun Watson's going on in Houston is that Deshaun Watson is actually really much so liked by his teammates. And there has not been one person 
one of his teammates that have come out and said a bad thing about the guy. Trevor Bauer, on the other hand, not that type of guy. He's a fucking asshole. And when you're a fucking asshole like that guy, you're not going to have anybody come and have your back. But, like I said, the fact that they're willing to let him go under any circumstance, to me, means he was already not in good standing in the clubhouse. The guy is a fucking douche. And let's just see how this develops. But I don't see him playing with the Dodgers this year, especially now after they went out and got Max Scherzer. And I don't see him pitching in Major League Baseball this year. And perhaps, maybe, not ever again. And good fucking riddance. Briefly, real quick, I also want to touch on Team USA Basketball. Team USA Basketball, they lost two out of their three warm-up matches. And they're three, four and five since 2018 while playing together. They lost their opening round game against France. Of course, they came back against Iran and completely fucking smashed them. That would have been a, a crazy thing. I mean, they completely demolished Iran. They have the Czech Republic next. But this was a team that was on a 25-game winning streak, dating back to that terrible Athens team in 2004 where they got the bronze medal, and that was like the first time since the Dream Team in 1992 that they lost a game or got anything but a gold medal. This team is coached by Popovich. Coached by Popovich and Steve Kerr, who, which is a Popovich disciple. But it kind of strikes me that since Kawhi told Popovich that he's bouncing out, Popovich just hasn't had the same fire about him. I think this is kind of like his last hurrah of like, hey, I need this on my resume, and then I'm going to retire in a few years. Popovich, Hall of Fame coach, love the guy, but just doesn't seem like he has it anymore. Which, I mean, come on, the guy has won just about anything, anything and everything that you could think of, minus the Olympics, and he's, you know, pushing 70. This is like his last hurrah. But People in the media are talking about this team is full of like a bunch of scrubs. This team has Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, coached by Popovich. They have Dame Dollar. They have Jason Tatum. They have Jeru Holiday. They have Draymond Green. Yeah, they don't have, you know, LeBron. They don't have Curry. They don't have Kyrie, Anthony Davis. They don't have Westbrook. But this team is still by far and away the most talented team in the Olympics. By far. By far. But they're not really a team, are they? And guess who this team is being led by? Kevin Durant. (laughs) Kevin Durant. This is the guy that won it out of OKC because he wanted to join the Warriors because he wanted to win. And guess what? He wasn't the star player with the Warriors. He wasn't the leader in that team. It was Curry. Now, guess what? Then he wanted out from the Warriors, got in a whole thing over there with them, went to the Nets. He's the head honcho with the Nets now. And guess what? They didn't make the finals this year either. The guy just cannot win when he's the fucking leader of a team. Kevin Durant is by far one of the most weak-minded athletes I have ever seen. So much so that he gets burner accounts and goes on social media to defend his honor. The guy has issues internally. I don't know what he has, but he has some sort of issues. Now you have reports coming out of Team USA basketball camp that people are, you know, having problems with Popovich's system. We all know that the scapegoat here was going to be Popovich if this didn't turn well. But you know who I'm theorizing is pushing this out? 
is Kevin Durant's camp because they do not want him blamed once more for a team not winning. We all know that Kevin Durant cares about his image and perception. All athletes do. But this fucking guy goes to an extra level. Burner accounts on social media to defend your honor? What the fuck? Are you 12? He hasn't won a goddamn thing on his own. You know he doesn't want to be known as the leader of USA Basketball that didn't win a gold medal. He didn't win with the Nets last year. He needed a stacked Warriors team to win to win the championship. He wasn't able to do it with OKC with Westbrook and Harden. The guy's story is a guy so self-conscious about himself and his status amongst the greats that he'll spin any story to deflect blame away from him. And I think it's happening again. We'll see what happens against the Czech Republic. I fully expect him to dominate the Czech Republic, but we shall see. I also fully expected him to dominate France, Nigeria, Australia. They did not. The fact of the matter is, what happens next will be very interesting. Team USA basketball is not on a good trajectory right now, despite the fact that they beat Iran. Whatever, they beat fucking Iran. And if they continue this crap, they'll be on par with that Athens team that finished third, and that was a joke. And this joke will be led by Kevin fucking Durant, one of the most self-conscious, annoying athletes to ever grace a fucking court. And now, I'm going to go on to my next segment, which is the Dumbasses of the Week. The first step to recovery is admitting you're a dumbass. The Angry Degenerates Dumbass of the Week. All right, guys, I got two dumbasses of the week. I got anti-vaxxers and I got Simone Biles haters. Let's hit up anti-vaxxers first. I get you folks, your body, your temple. I get it. I get it, folks. In the beginning of this whole entire thing, I didn't want no fucking needle in my, in me, you know? I didn't want that at all. I questioned the entire thing. You're talking about a company, Johnson & Johnson, that just fucking had their sunblock recalled. Sunblock because of potential skin cancer or whatever the fuck it was, but it got recalled. You had a Moderna and you had Pfizer, two companies that had never released the vaccine. I get it. You should want to control what's going into your body. But at the end of the day, we live in America. Capitalism rules all. Rich, poor, doesn't matter. Capitalism rules all. Now we're seeing a lot of these rich fucking athletes coming out and saying, Well, you know, I might not want to play the sport again because they're forcing me to take this vaccine. They're not forcing you to take the vaccine, you fucking dumb moron. They're just making it very hard for you to not want to take the vaccine. It's their fucking business. You don't have to be there, you privileged fuck who's been catered to your entire life. You do not have to be there. You're making millions of dollars. Now, I'm not saying, hey, just because you make millions of dollars, you don't get an opinion. Of course you get an opinion. You have a big-ass platform to have that opinion. You have little dick-sucking TikTokers out there supporting your opinion. Guess what? I ain't going to support it. Because guess what? 
If your stupid ass does not get vaccinated, you're just going to make it much harder on your teammates to even succeed. You're going to make it much harder for yourself to have a good time during this NFL season. Guess what? You want to go out to the club? You ain't going to be able to do that because you ain't vaccinated. How fucking stupid are you? I understand America. Freedom, freedom, freedom. To some extent. How different are you, Mr. Fucking Athlete, than corporate stooge, angry degenerate here, whose job is also telling you, hey, you know what? You might want to get vaccinated because, hey, when we send you back to the office, that might be an issue. Look, at the end of the day, I'm privileged to be working from home at the moment to give you this podcast. Well, I don't know if you're privileged enough to fucking hear it, but at the end of the day, what I'm saying here is the science is out, folks. Over 50% of the population right now, maybe, is vaccinated. Maybe less, maybe a little bit more. But a lot of people are vaccinated at the moment. You think if things were going wrong, you would have heard it in the fucking media. And by the way, Mr. Fucking Athlete, DeAndre Hopkins, Cole Beasley, and all the other fucks out there, you are the cream of the crop in terms of athletes in this world. You have the best doctors at your availability. You have the best trainers. If you get sick for 10 hours because of this fucking vaccine, that means it's doing its fucking job. And guess what? You'll be fine just like the rest of us poor fucking bastards who also got it. That's the thing that gets me, is these fucks don't understand how stupid they sound. Money rules all. Even your fucking little beliefs. The NFL is a multi-billion dollar corporation. You think if Cole Beasley, who's unvaccinated, gets a bunch of people who are sick and they have to cancel a game? That's millions of dollars that's going to be out of people's pockets here because of a stupid fuck who didn't listen to the science. The NFL's a business. You don't have to be there. You don't have to be a privileged fuck to be playing in the NFL. You could just be a corporate fucking stooge just like everyone fucking else. Or you could be a guy doing drywall in the fucking infra buildings, sweating his ass off for pennies on the dollar. You guys are privileged fucks who are making waves about something you probably have no idea about. And look, guess what? I don't know shit either. But guess what? I need food on the fucking table. And if me getting this vaccine means I'm going to be able to live my life, and put food on the table for my family, then so fucking be it. Now you, Mr. Million Dollar Athlete, I know you got lots of millions of dollars, so that doesn't really matter. What matters at this point to you is just being on SportsCenter and having highlights and having that prestige. That's what makes you privileged. Get the fucking vaccine, shut the fuck up, and go upon your day. And that's my take on that. My take on the Simone Biles situation. Probably the same group of fucks online that are hating on Simone Biles are also supporting these athlete fucks who are not in support of the vaccine. Guess what, folks? Haters of Simone Biles, she doesn't owe you shit. She's already the GOAT. Whatever mental health issues she's going through at the moment, that's her business, not yours. So if she wants to step off and say, hey, I'm going to give my space to somebody else, then so fucking be it. I support her for that. I support people who have some sort of mental health issues. We saw that happen with Naomi Osaka. People gave her shit for it. And you know what? By far, so many athletes are coming out and so many people all around the world are coming out and supporting her. You know why? 
Because they ain't fucking assholes like the people online digging into her and saying she's a quitter. If you're saying that, you might be a fucking asshole. Simone Biles has won more gold medals and awards than any of you will ever dream to win. Most of the people that are talking shit about her are fat little fucks who live in their basement. Who never won a goddamn thing in their lives and they're just really pissed off about their lives. And guess what? More power to her. She's getting a lot of hate online, but she's also getting a lot of support. And I'm going to be one of her supporters. She's my champion. She is my queen. And those are my dumbasses of the week. And now, the Angry Degenerates Picks of the Week. Gotta love these fancy intros. Love them. Makes this thing seem like I know what the hell I'm doing. Last week, folks, I was 2-1, bringing my overall record to 16-7. I had Miranda Maverick. She lost in a split decision to Macy Barber. Some say she was robbed, but an L is an L in the betting sphere. Team USA women's soccer, as expected, came out firing after their loss in an opening game against Sweden and smacked down uh, New Zealand 6-1, to easily covering the minus 2.5. I had a parlay of Team USA soccer plus Team US uh, Mexico soccer in Copa Oro, which was an expected winner. Mexico easily came out and tranced Honduras 3-0 with all goals coming in the first half. Team USA scored a late game winner in the 83rd main minute, making me nervous, but I got the W. Team USA, man, they're doing some late winners. They just beat Qatar right now in the 85th plus minute. That was 2-1. and one. That brought my overall record to 16-7. and seven. This week, I just have two picks for you for this upcoming week. A little bit of soccer and a little bit of UFC. It's hard to do baseball because they don't give me really odds in advance. It's only one game to the next. So sorry, folks. Maybe when I start doing this podcast every day and doing picks every day, I'll get you Major League Baseball picks. But at the moment, I got two picks of the week. Hopefully, I bring my record to 18-7 and seven overall. And hopefully, you make some moolah, some money, some dinero. Benfica is going to be playing Spartak Moscow in a Champions League qualifier. I can't believe I'm even saying that, folks. The Champions League qualifiers are starting next week, which means all the European leagues are starting in two freaking weeks. I just feel like it was yesterday that I was watching the Euro Cup. It was literally a month ago. But regardless, so I have Benfica versus Spartak Moscow. I have both teams to score at minus 130. Benfica has a pretty even record when playing against Russian teams, and the first leg will be in Moscow in Russia. The Russian Premier League has already kicked off. I believe they're like two games in. Not that much in, I guess. But what's very interesting here is Spartak is coached by former Benfica manager Rivitoria. So there's some familiarity there because there is some players that were playing for Rivetoria that are now still on Benfica. Benfica has yet to start their season. They've had some preseason friendlies. I believe they're like five wins, two losses, two draws. Benfica's defense isn't the best. It's led by Jan Vertonghen and Nicolas Omendi, two dinosaurs in central defense. They also lost Tavares to Arsenal. 
being that this is going to be their first game of the season, I expect them to give up at least a goal, if not a couple. But one thing about Benfica, they also have a very good attack led by Cebolinha. And we shall see how this goes. But I have both teams to score at minus 130. This game is on August 4th, so stay tuned for that. And lastly, for UFC Fight Night in Vegas on Saturday evening, Uriah Hall is going to fight Sean Strickland in the main event. I have a prediction that the fight... Actually, I have two predictions for this fight. My bad. Hopefully, I go 3-0 this week. Two predictions for this particular fight. I have it at minus 135 that this fight will end in a TKO or KO. Both of these fighters are knockout artists. They don't go for submissions. They don't even go to decisions. I have a feeling this is going to be a TKO or KO. Doesn't matter by which one at minus 135. And lastly, I have the fight at under 3.5 rounds at minus 115. These guys, both of them together, have rarely ever gone past round four. In fact, Sean Strickland has never been to a round four in any of his fights. And Uriah Hall has only been to a round four once. Suffice to say, both of these guys are knockout artists, plus they don't go deep in fights. I got it at minus 115. So to recap here, I have Benfica versus Spartak Moscow. A game taking place on August 4th. I have it at minus 130 for both teams to score. I have in the UFC fight night on Saturday, this Saturday, Uriah Hall versus Sean Strickland. I have the fight will end in a TKO or KO any round at minus 135. And I also have the same fight at under three and a half rounds at minus 115 since these guys as good old JR used to say, is it's going to be a slobber knocker. And those are my picks of the week. And that's going to end my show. Like I said, my podcast for the most part, I'm trying to figure out my schedule, will be posted on Friday or Saturday this week. It will be Saturday. I will update you guys on social media depending on which days. I thank you all for the constructive criticism. I thank you all for the support. I thank you all for the traction that I'm getting on TikTok. I thank you all for the traction that I'm getting on Instagram. I just think the way I do my podcast and the way my personality is, I do things a little bit different than other people out there. Slightly different. These are hard takes. People always want to just analyze deep as if they're some sort of ESPN analyst. I'm not going to get that deep into the fucking minutia. I'm just going to tell you straight from my fucking head what I think is going to happen. And this is how I speak on a regular day-by-day basis with my buddies. And I wouldn't have it any other way on this podcast either. Eventually, I want to have guests on. We'll see how we'll incorporate that into. But in the freaking meantime, keep a watch out for the podcast. Friday, Saturday. This one will be released on Saturday. As usual, follow me on Instagram, at The Angry Degenerate. And also follow me at TikTok, at The Angry Degenerate. And I also would really appreciate you following my podcast, leaving a review, five stars, so it can kind of boost up, you know, up the podcast sports list totals up there. Once again, folks, thank you very much, and I'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. If you had a good time, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review as well. 
and follow at the Angry Degenerate on Instagram and TikTok for all the latest updates, hot takes, shit talking, and of course, some high quality grade A trolling. Until next time. Ah!